that's a big bucks today. I don't get on a track big bucks and they work out today. Welcome to another episode of the Adirondack Bucks and Beyond podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Stagger Gear. If you haven't yet, make sure you head on over to the Stagger Gear website where you'll find everything from their wool tracker jacket, their Apex Merino base layers, and even their 100% rag wool gloves and much more. Everything you need to keep you dry, warm, and comfortable for a long day's adventure in the woods. Be sure to enter our promo code ABB with any purchase made on the Stagger Gear website to get 10% off your order. That's promo code ABB for 10% off your order all at www.staggergear.com. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Adirondack Bucks and Beyond podcast. Um, Tonight, it is just me. I'm doing a uh, solo podcast here. It is December 18th, um, and everywhere in New York is closed um, as of right now until the holiday hunt. All we have left to hunt this week will be Massachusetts, which I will be headed over there either tomorrow or the next couple days. Um, But what I wanted to talk about tonight is my season. Um, This podcast is going to get broke up into two parts. Excuse me. Um, Like I was saying, this podcast is going to get broke up into two parts. Um, This first part here. I'm going to kind of tell about the first half of my season and how I spent it, what I learned, and how I'm going to change it um, next year. But that's going to be pertaining to bear ground and kind of one specific buck. And uh, in part two of this podcast, I'm going to be talking about kind of the second half of my season on snow. So, yeah, we're going to jump right in. Um where I want to start with this one, I'm going to keep looking over here because I've already tried this once today and it did not go how I planned. Uh, so I kind of had to reconstruct how I was going to talk about this and do it. And I have notes this time. I didn't have notes before. So hopefully this goes a little smoother and I don't have to redo this again. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, where I'm going to start is this past summer. Actually, we'll go even farther back than that. I'm going to go to last season, late muzzleloader. Um, so it was last season, late muzzleloader, Brad and I were hiking back out to the truck, um, on this new piece that we hunt. It's uh, new to us and <clears throat> we're hiking out and we hit this logging road and we found this gigantic community scrape on this logging road. Um, I looked at Brad the second we found it and I said, this scrape is going to be money. I was like, hopefully for bow early bow season, I would love to come hunt this, but I know the scrape's going to be money. Just the location of it, this giant licking branch right here. I mean, bucks have been hammering it. Um, I'm going to hang a camera on this, this summer. So fast forward to this past summer, Brad and I hiked in there and I shouldn't say hiked in there. It's literally right off the road. Honestly, it's, it's 500 yards off the road. Brad and I walked in there, a very short walk, and I opened up that scrape, freshened it back up through a beech limb. Uh, it's, it's basically a big hemlock. I mean, just a giant hemlock, and the branch just hangs perfectly, like perfect level um, for a licking branch. And this scrape is has been used so much that it's just like dug a crater in the ground, and it's super soft dirt. Literally, literally perfect spot for a community scrape. 
and it's just on a very accessible um, old logging road. So we hang the camera there, and I think I checked it. Let's see. I checked it once before the season and had a couple small bucks. We hung this camera in, like, August, um, and I checked it, like, end of August, I think, just because I happened to be there. And uh, just had a couple does and some small bucks and maybe a bear or something. But I knew that there was going to be a good buck on it at some point. Um, you know, my intentions for, for this season um, is kind of relieving uh, because I told the boys, I was like, man, I'm, I'm kind of excited to not have a particular buck that I'm going to be chasing around all season. Like, I'm just going to go out and hunt and just, you know, whatever presents an opportunity that day. And I feel like it's, it's the right buck for me. That's the buck I'm going to take. Um, and I was, I was pretty excited about that. <laughs> and so it goes, let's see when I go in there. October 1st, I think was my first night in there. And I was just going to go blind on it. I, I didn't know, you know, anything that was on the camera from the last time I checked it, um, or, or anything like that. So Snuck in down this logging road, and I pulled the card and could not believe what I saw on my phone when I when I plugged my card reader in. Um, an absolute giant, biggest buck I've ever had on camera, hands down. Um, I mean, we're talking like hundred, and I think I'm being a little generous, but like 145, 150 inch Adirondack, Adirondack buck. Just. A beautiful buck. I, I I don't know how else to explain it, but really awesome buck. And in that second, I knew that's the buck that I was going to hunt, um, at least until we got snow. Um, what was weird about it was the card reader wasn't telling me what the dates and times were, so I just had a whole bunch of pictures of this buck. Like, and, and I didn't know if they were different days or, or the same day or different times. Like, I had no idea. Most of them were in daylight, and then I had some at nighttime, and I thought there were just like a whole bunch of different days. So you got to imagine I'm sitting up in this tree with my bow, and I have this giant 150-inch buck on camera, and I'm like, oh, my God, I might kill this buck. <laughs> I thought it was like really recent pictures. Well, I end up swapping the cards out. Thankfully, I had another card for whatever reason and took that one home. It ended up being that buck showed up to that scrape, September 1st and September 2nd. So I had him on camera two days in September, nothing else until October. I mean, this was October 1st. I hadn't had him since. Um, he came through at 10 a.m. on September 1st, and he was there for a long time. The The way he interacted with the scrape was pretty interesting. You know, he didn't, like, just come and kind of, you know, hit the lick of branch and, and then move. He came he really worked the licking branch he worked the scrape a little bit he rubbed his he literally had his head down in the scrape like rubbing his head in the scrape he was there for like 10 minutes um and pissed a giant puddle right in the scrape and then left um and then the next night he was back there at like 12 p or 12 yeah 12 a.m um so that told me instantly um, I just thought, I'm like, okay, well, he's familiar with this scrape. Um, he was probably one of the bucks that hit it last year, and he will be back to this scrape at some point this year. I don't know if it'll be nighttime. I don't know if it'll be daytime. I would assume he would come back in daylight, but I don't know. So 
I proceeded to hunt that with my bow. Oh, man. Probably probably like three or four more times, if I'm not mistaken. I think I hunted that with my bow um, and saw no deer. I think the only thing I had was, was a deer blow at me one night. Um, and my goal now was to kill this buck. Like I like this is, this is going to be at least the first half of my season. I'm leaving for Ohio on November 4th, November 4th or November 5th. I don't remember which day it was November 4th or November 5th. We left, no, it was November 5th. We left for Ohio. Um, and up till that point, I was going to hunt this deer as hard as I could. Uh, rifle opened the 21st, I believe. And then I was like, okay, once snow flies, I'll abort mission if I haven't killed him. And hopefully he makes it through the season so I can hunt him, you know, this coming year. So anyways, go through bow season and uh, have no encounters with him or any other bucks. And I basically was just using a mobile setup. I was literally right on top of the scrape. It was a really, really good setup other than my access. Um, access was a big problem and I'll get into that in a little bit. But I ended up, um, you know, this is where I think I screwed up this year. Um, and, and I, I realized that eventually after I talked to a couple people, um, uh, but initially, you know, I, I, I just kind of jumped the gun and was like, Oh my God, I got a big buck on camera. I freaked out. And I'm like, he's, he's at this scrape. And, and I knew better than to do this because I've done it in the past. Um, and my mind just wouldn't let me you know, make a different game plan. I was like, okay, I got him here. I have to sit here. Um, so I went, hung a stand, um, God, I don't know, 60 yards off the scrape and was like, okay, I'm going to sit here, um, every day I have until I leave for Ohio. So I think I sat there for man in that stand on that scrape from rifle opener on the 21st, I, I mean, I had 40-some-odd hours. No, maybe a little less. Maybe like 30-something hours into that stand. Um, and I didn't see a single deer. No, I mean, not a doe, nothing. Like, wasn't seeing any deer. You know, welcome to the big woods, right? Um, but it was getting, you know, frustrating. And I'm, I'm texting Todd Mead. And Brett Joy, you know, people who do this all the time, year in and year out, sit for these mature bucks and, and figure them out and kill them. And, uh, you know, they both gave me great information. And Brett told me, he said, I would not be putting my chips all into that buck if you just have two pictures of them in September. He said, it's just, I personally want to do that. He said, I, that's not the way I hunt. He said, you do what you want, but I want to do that. And I'm like, oh, man, he is so right. I don't know why I'm doing this. I don't know why I put all this time into sitting in this one stand where I literally just have two pictures of this buck in the summertime when he could be anywhere. He could literally be anywhere. Um, I, I deep down didn't believe that he was just, you know, anywhere. I, I, I truly believe that he was in the general area. Um, and, and also up to this point, I checked my camera. I hadn't had him. I had a couple little bucks on camera. Um, I think on the 28th or something like that. I'm, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, but um, yeah, I didn't have him on camera. So I was just talking to Brett and he's like, you should, you should just go and hike your ass off and, and figure something out. Like try figuring another piece of the puzzle out. 
And I said, yeah, you know what? That makes sense. That's probably what I should have been doing from the get-go. I mean, I shouldn't have been wasting all this time here on, you know, marginal weather and, and, and you know, not, not great days, honestly, to sit in the stand. I should have been out scouting, figuring out where else can I where else can I go for this buck or hang another camera or hang another set or whatever it may be. So I went on a nine mile loop um, and <laughs> hardly found any sign other than 300 yards from where I'd been setting up. So if you guys could picture this, um, I know some people are watching on YouTube, so they'll see me doing hand gestures, but for the guys listening, I'll try to be a little, be a little more descriptive. Um, the way this sets up. So like I said, the scrape that I've been sitting is like 500 yards off the road and there's a logging road that takes you right into there. Like right off the road, there's a logging road. Um, and this logging road splits like wise right to the left and to the right. So I, where I had been set up had been to the right on the logging road. Well, this other logging road to the left kind of wraps around and drops down into this big ravine, has a big mountain, like right out in front of it. And I don't know, I don't know what it was, but I had always told myself, I'm like, I get like, this buck has to be coming through there. He's got to be traveling through there. If he's over here on this scrape, I mean, it's, it's 300 yards, not even. And I knew that, but I just wasn't taking action to it. You know, I wasn't investigating it. I wasn't, you know, so anyways, I was like, all right, well, the only sign I found was on that logging road, 300 yards away. I mean, a giant scrape line with like 12 wide open, fresh scrapes at the end of October or sorry. Um, not the end of October. I'm getting, I'm getting all mixed up here. Yeah, no, it was the, it was the end of the end of October. Yes. Um, October 20, had it been October 25th or 26th. I found this scrape line and to put in, Put in perspective, like I said, I didn't find any other sign on my nine-mile loop, and I covered a ton of ground up and down mountains, down in ravines, very minimal sign other than right here. I said, all right, well, that is where I have to have a camera, obviously. Right now, this is where I need to have a camera. Um, also, right off the left of that logging road, I said there's this big ravine that wraps all the way around this, this mountain to this giant swamp. So I have a camera here and I said, I think I need a camera at the other end of that ravine that loops all the way around that mountain um, in that big swamp. I was like, there's, there's a real big trail when I was back there. Um, so I ended up hanging a camera there on the fresh scrape line and a camera in that big giant swamp. And they're literally almost in a straight line from each other, um, probably like 1.2 miles apart. I said, I think this would be a good teller as of how he's traveling around here. Because if I get him on this camera and I get him on this camera, he's obviously using this mountain range in the middle and he's using this drainage to the left. If you guys could see it on a map, it would kind of make a little more sense, but it makes sense to me. So I hang those cameras. Um, I hunt, let's say left on the fifth. So I hunted that fresh scrape line that I found and, and I could be completely goofing these dates up, but I know I left for Ohio on the 5th. Um, so, so I hunted the 2nd, the 3rd, and the 4th of November. Um, perfect weather. It was really cold. I think it, it was like spitting snow those days, like probably the, some of the colder weather we had. 
and uh, I just took my climber and I and I set and I set up right over top of this giant scrape line where I just hung the camera. So I sat there for three days before we left for Ohio, and uh, it's funny. I I talked to a couple different people. You know, I was showing the pictures. I think I think Kevin Stone was was one of them, and and I told them I said I said this buck's gonna show up when I leave for Ohio. I know it. I know he's going to show up when I leave for Ohio. So I leave for Ohio. <laughs> um, and I'll, I guess I'll go, I'll go into the Ohio trip and then I will pick back up on this buck that I've been chasing. So we leave for Ohio. Um, awesome, awesome trip. Went with our buddies, uh, Tony, Justin, Greg, Lance, and, uh, and Corey went and myself. Um, and I had never hunted in Ohio. I've never hunted anywhere like relatively close to that terrain for deer. We haven't for turkeys uh, in Kentucky, which I'm sure a lot of you have seen that video on our YouTube channel. Um, but it was it was really really cool. Um, we were in hill country, and we covered a lot of ground out there. We saw a lot of bucks. I mean, the first night I was there, I saw a beautiful like my dream buck. I, I tell everybody I want to kill a, a just a big six pointer. Um, I had a big six pointer at 30 yards and I, I kind of goofed up on that. I, you know, f- turned around, flipped the camera on. And, uh, by the time I turned the camera on and, and got drawn back, I realized I'm like, Oh, I didn't range him. I'm like, I think he's at 30 yards. And by the time this, all those thoughts are going through my head, that buck's already gone, grunt at him. He doesn't come back. And, and again, those videos are all on our YouTube too. But, um, we go on throughout the week. I, I saw a deer, you know, I saw bucks almost every single day. I saw another shooter um, while we were there. Um, Corey saw a big giant ten pointer. Tony got his shot at a big one. Lance shot a really nice buck. So Ohio was just an awesome, awesome trip. It felt really good to, you know, be around a lot of deer and mature bucks again because obviously, you know, everyone who hunts in, in the big woods anywhere is at around anywhere um adirondacks maine vermont new hampshire uh you know even massachusetts in some parts you know you guys know like how hard it is to to see bucks consistently it's just it doesn't happen a lot um so to be out there and and see see a lot of bucks and just see a lot of deer in general doing their thing and, and chasing and rutting it was it was really cool and refreshing um and and it really brought my spirits up to to come back home and, and hunting the Adirondacks. I'm like, all right, I'm good. Although I didn't shoot one, I got, you know, my encounters that I wanted and, and I got what I wanted out of the trip. So I come back home and my first initial thought is I need to go check those cameras. (laughs) It was, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, we had some, you know, crappy weather. It might've been like rainy or rainy and warm, but I I wasn't going to sit those days. Um, because also, you know, what, what I'm leaving out is, all this is on film. I, I filmed every, every single day I've been in the woods this year. Um, I filmed. Um, so I, I have, you know, every day I climbed up in that tree, I had my big camera with me and my GoPro. Um, so we are compiling some footage for a really good story for me to kill this deer. But, um, anyways, I go and I'm like, I'm checking all three of these cameras today. I, I gotta know. And, uh, no, let me see. Did I, yeah, I checked. I think I checked all three of them that day. I might have checked this, the one in the swamp maybe a couple days later or maybe even a couple weeks later. I'm not sure. But um, so I check the first camera on the Big Mock Scrape that I had that I started hunting originally. And uh, I have a picture of them. 
on November 7th at midnight. And I'm like, oh, man, like he's he's been around. He's who knows? Maybe he's been by this camera and just avoiding it or he's walked by it. I don't I don't know. Well, OK, at least it was at midnight, whatever. So then I there's like a there's kind of like a, a, a swamp separating this camera and, and scrape from that big giant scrape line, like 12 scrapes that I found on that uh, adjacent logging road or the long road that goes to the left there. So I just cut through the swamp and, uh, and I'm walking and, and the scrapes are, there's a couple that are fresh. There's a couple new rubs and stuff, but nothing crazy. And I check that camera <laughs> and the day, the day we left for Ohio, um, I had been hunting this scrape line for three days in a row prior. The day we left, he showed up in daylight, um, hitting one of those scrapes. And I was like, oh, man. Now, the first thing that Brad said to me when I told him that, he said, I wonder if it's your access. And I'm like, no, no, it can't be. It can't be my access. Um, and I just don't think I wanted to accept that. But I, I do think that access played a big part in uh, in maybe in, in that or I, I don't know. Maybe maybe it was just coincidence, but I know my access sucks for there and, and I'm going to change that for next season. But yeah, I had him on camera and then I checked my swamp camera and he was also on that um, in the middle of the night. So now I have him on three different cameras. You know, I, I started this season. And I had him on one camera, two days. Now I have him on three cameras, one, two, three. So now I have like I have like four or five different days um, that I have him on camera. So so now at this point, um, I'm back from Ohio and and snow's starting to fly. I have a decision to make, and I didn't know what I was going to do. You know, I, I talked to I talked to all the boys and I'm like, I, I don't know, like, do I, do I go and, and sit for this buck and pass up tracking snow? Like, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, I ended up deciding that I think I tracked her the first day, like maybe hoping I would cut his track, which I didn't. Um, and I decided that I wasn't going to pass up good snow to try killing this buck this year. Um, and my thought process behind it was that hopefully he would live and I would be able to hunt him next year when he's even bigger and I have way more intel on him. So, yeah, that's that's basically how I spent the entire first half of my season. I mean, I had 50-plus hours in a stand sitting for this buck, maybe more, maybe like 60 Um I stopped counting at some point, but I had a lot of hours. Um, and I think i just made a really big mistake, not saying that I could have killed him this year, but I think I could have had a much better chance. And I want to talk about that. So I, I guess, I guess what I'll talk about is how I think I'm going to hunt him next season because it'll, it'll, it'll make more sense of what I did wrong this season. So this season, I really, I feel like I just limited myself on hunting him when I had, I mean, as you guys know, I just told you, I had like no information on him. Um, so 
first off, I'm going to try finding a sheds this year. That that's that's goal number one. I'm pretty hell bent on going and finding this deer sheds. I don't know where they'll be, but I'm going to try like hell. <laughs> um, but going into this next season, I'm going to try improving my access on this buck, um, which I already have a, a couple ideas. Um, I also now know, at least now have a pretty good idea of where this buck is traveling, at least like right at the beginning of the rut. Um, especially having them on daylight is huge. And I think I can get a couple more daylight pictures of them in this one general area. Um, then I'm going to hang some more cameras. So I'm going to do a ton of scouting this off season. And, and I plan to have at least three to four sets hung before the season. That way I don't have to worry about it. All I have to do is climb up in the tree, hang my camera stuff up and hunt. Um, I think that'll be big and not just limit myself on one specific thing. Like even if I'm getting pictures of them in just one specific area, I don't think that I'm going to limit myself to hunting that. If that makes any sense. Um, I think that I need to hunt with my gut more and not off the cameras because I've ran into that problem before. You guys have heard me talk about it on the podcast. Um, how I just commit to hunting these cameras, which is great. I'm, you know, annual data is, is almost unbeatable and people have proven that. Um, but when you don't have a lot of it and you're still trying to hunt off those cameras, in my opinion, it's not worth it because you're basically just taking a shot in the dark when you maybe could be setting up in a potentially better spot to go kill a buck. So yeah, that's kind of my mindset going into next season. And that is how I spent the entire first half of my season was chasing this buck around on bear ground. Um, I think I got out a couple different days with Brad and we hunted some, uh, just some random spots that, that, you know, some spots that we usually go to when there's, when there's bare ground and, uh, did not see much deer, didn't see much deer activity. Brad and I, uh, did go up to, well, actually I'll go back. Um, we started off the season and Corey and I went up to tent camp. This is all on film too. I got some really, really, really cool footage of the first week we hiked in the tent camp and, uh, Corey and I spent that, the, the night up there, um, into the next day. It was a, a beautiful opening morning. I mean, crisp, cold. Corey had this really, really nice, like, Man, he was like 115, 120-inch eight-pointer, just just a nice Adirondack buck. And we were going in there. We had him like boom, 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 like pattern to a T. And uh, we went up in there. We hung our set like, I don't know, I think it was a week earlier. We dragged a canoe back in there. And uh, we were pumped because we thought that it was going to happen. We thought for sure we were going to kill this buck. Get up there, nothing never shows up. He actually ends up disappearing after we, after we hunted that one day. So I don't know if we boogered him going in or, or what the deal was, but we got some really, really cool footage, just nothing to, nothing to show for on that hunt. Maybe, maybe I'll make, end up making a video out of it just because it's, I did get some beautiful footage, but, um, that was that. And both season was pretty slow. Like I said, I was hunting this buck and I think I, I think I only saw two bucks during bow season, maybe. No. Yeah, yeah. I saw two bucks opening morning. I saw a buck and opening morning. I saw two bucks, a uh, six pointer and a spike horn. So really, really slow. Um, and then Brad and I also went up to tent camp um, during muzzleloader season. And 
we were kind of doing drives back and forth with each other, pushing some deer around. That was awesome. Um, we didn't really spend as much time as we thought we were going to up at our tent camp, um, which is funny because that's how quick seasons, you know, can change. Like we had it in our mind, like, oh my God, we're going to go up to our tent camp every weekend. We're going to spend so much time up there. And then it was like, I found this buck. I wasn't spending time there. Corey has his kid. He was spending a bunch of time with him. Everyone's schedules are busy. So we didn't really get up to tent camp as much as we wanted to. Um, but we did hunt the general area of tent camp as you guys will, will hear in this next podcast. When I, when I talk about my tracking experiences this season, which were pretty frustrating in itself, was, which was pretty frustrating in itself. Yeah, so that's how the beginning of my season kind of went. You know, bow, muzzleloader, and, and rifle was, was basically dedicated to this buck. And um, it was, you know, it was an awesome, awesome season looking back on it. Like, I mean, I am so grateful. I think I brushed up on this in, in the last podcast. I got to spend more time in the woods this season than I ever have. And, and I know people out there would probably kill to be able to do what I did this season. So I'm super grateful for that. You know, every day in the, every day I get to spend in the woods is a great day and I love it. Um, I just get very frustrated cause I'm very hard on myself. Um, and I will say looking at social media does not help anything. Uh, when I'm seeing all these guys kill these big giant bucks all the time and, uh, you know, you just can't get it done, but that's hunting the big woods. You know, I talked, you talk to a lot of people and they're like, you man, what you see on social media, it's, it's just deceiving because there's a lot of other people out there who, who are having the same struggles as you are. And they're great hunters. So not saying that I'm a great hunter. I, especially after this season, I feel like an awful hunter. <laughs> Nothing went right. Couldn't figure anything out, but is it is what it is. Um, but, but I learned a lot. Um, I learned a lot about this buck. I learned a lot about new styles of hunting. Um, because before this, I mean, as you guys know, from, from our videos and stuff, I'm not a sitter. You know, I started, when I started hunting, I, I would sit for bucks, um, in the farm country and stuff. And, and, you know, it was super effective. But as soon as I figured out what the whole still hunting thing was and hunting up in the big woods, it all changed. I'd never thought I'd sit again. You know, I, I, I did the Just Hunt Club uh, internship, and I watched Brett do it. And, you know, I've talked with Corey a lot about it, and Corey and I are kind of on the same page of, of like, okay, I think we need to sit some more. Um, and that's what I did this season. So it was really a, a whole new style of hunting because, you know, it, it is so much different sitting in the big woods versus sitting in farm country because you're – you're not seeing a lot of deer, you know, most of the time, like even when I sat with, you know, Brett or Ross or any of them from just hunt club, we weren't really seeing deer. Like we would sometimes, but not a lot. Um, and that's a huge change for me. You know, especially when you're by yourself, when you have somebody else who's filming for you and you can kind of talk with them and converse with them, it's kind of a game changer. But when you're just sitting up in a tree all alone day in and day out, day after day after day, you're like, oh my God, this is terrible. But the only thing that kept me going back was what if he shows up? Or what if another, even another buck shows up? I, there, there was days where I was sitting in the tree and I was thinking to myself, I'm like, man, I really want to kill this buck. Like I want to kill this buck in the worst way. But if another mature buck shows up, and presents an opportunity, I am going to take him 100%. <laughs> so it was, uh, it was just, 
it was just a whole a whole different style and and takes a whole different set of skills and patience that you know I'm I'm hoping I acquire over time. So I'm trying to think of of what else maybe maybe happened this year on on bear ground or anything else I wanted to touch up on, but I I think that's about it. Um, I did film uh, I filmed Brad one day on on bear ground. I have. Uh, we actually have a video of that, I and mean, we didn't see anything again. It was, you know, your typical day in the Adirondacks, just moseying around, not seeing anything. But yeah, so we have a we have a ton of good a ton of good footage from this season, and I'm sure we'll be making a bunch of videos for you guys. Um, but I just kind of wanted to hop on here and and uh, you know throw it out there of of how my season went because we didn't do any updates or anything. Throughout the season, we didn't do any podcasts, um, so I definitely wanted to jump on here and just let you guys know what what was going on and what I was doing. And it took me a long time before I killed a buck. We'll get, in, like I said, we'll get into that the next podcast. That was fairly recently. I killed a buck, so yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's all I got for you guys. I don't want to miss anything here, though. It's it's weird doing this. Uh, it's weird doing a solo podcast because usually i have like you know brad asking me questions or the other guys asking me questions and you know kind of just keep stoking the the conversation but when you're when you're doing it by yourself it uh you kind of got to stop and think for a second and be like oh what am i missing i don't know what i'm missing (laughs) um yeah so that's part one guys um just kind of a short one but uh we will catch you guys on part two here very shortly maybe in the next couple days so hope you enjoyed that one as always thanks for listening and uh go give us a like and follow on instagram facebook youtube all under adirondack bucks and beyond we'll catch you next time